Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. The Spirit of the Lord impressed it upon my heart to share something very important concerning divine health. We are living in one of the most unpredictable times of human history. And sometimes it's not so much as of the sickness itself, but the hearts of men failing for fear. And that tells you that the world does not have answers. And I believe that this is a wake up. Especially for those of you who are believers born again, if you're listening to me. The spirit of death is moving across the world. It's evident in the name of COVID. But it has well taken people in other names. But what is notable is this disease moving across the world. Many of us have lost people we know. And we're grieving. We've lost ministers, pastors. We've lost friends, family. It's a hard time for many homes. We do sympathize. And the church has to war against this. But how we fight is important. Somebody shout hallelujah. Even in war, there are more effective means than others. Some means are effective, but other means in war are more effective than others. And the Lord spoke to me that in this process, like I said, as a church, we should be asking God, what is he telling us? Because we are dealing with something that the physical eye cannot see. But yet we have a God that is bigger than anything language could ever define. So God is telling us something. But the Lord spoke to me and said that for my church, it's not the things that we're going to address and speak over men for their healing only. It's effective for us to pray against sickness across the world. And you watching might not probably be sick or have not seen anyone sick or you've not dealt with illness. But this is one of those sermons you should keep. <laughs> not for you, you should keep for somebody else. Some people fall sick and all you just need to give them is a good word and they will be healed. So the Lord spoke to me and said, it's more than just a corporate prayer that we will pray over our nation and our people. But for us who are believers, we must have a more effective means. And many years ago, those years when I used to fall sick, many, many years ago, I remember one time I got an illness that was unto death, and I prayed every kind of prayer, fasted every kind of fast, repented every kind of repentance, 
yielded to every kind of doctrine, rebuked every kind of devil, went for every kind of deliverance. And I did not get an answer. And I remember going on the bed and praying to God. And it's so amazing that God healed me even in my ignorance. Why do I say ignorance? Because I did not know what I know now. So God can actually heal a man even within his ignorance. See, it's possible for God to say, you know what, you don't know, and I know you don't know how to do this, but let me just help you and heal you. So there's a kind of believers who go to God this one, they say, Father, if I'm to die, if I'm going to fail, I don't know, just help me and heal me. Give me another chance, please, you see? And you know, out of their ignorance, God hears the sincerity of the heart in its ignorance and heals him. And there was a time those things were invisible to our knowledge. So when you are in the place of ignorance, the Bible says God deals with you as an ignorant person. But the Bible says, in the days of our ignorance, the Lord winked. But now he calleth all men or commandeth every man everywhere to repent. Metanoia, the Greek word repentance, changing your mindset. There was a time you'd pray in ignorance. But in this time, if you pray in ignorance, you can die. God, please just help me deliver me from COVID. You can die. Oh God, okay, I know Masina, forgive me. Give me one chance. If you heal me of this, yeah, God can hear ignorant prayers. But there are times God has given you so much that he cannot accept you to pray in the realm of ignorance. You see what I'm saying? That's why later, at one point, he started to give me so much information. And when I learned how to do this, another time when an attack came, similar attack, he told me, you know too much to die. <laughs> now he has equipped us. You see? So the Lord told me the answer is, well, it's effective to have corporate prayer for the sick. But he says, it's most effective if we can empower the believer to know how to keep themselves. Somebody shout hallelujah. And I landed on a secret. I landed on a secret many years ago that changed my life concerning health. And if you understand it, it's one of those basic scriptures, but not very understood by people. It's one of those normal scriptures, but not clearly understood by people. But this is it. If by the grace of God you will understand this thing, your life will change concerning your health. If you have anybody suffering from COVID or having signs of COVID or any other illnesses, please forward them this summer. You're going to be amazed at how many people are going to testify healed. Now, let's first deal with, you know, the general knowledge, all right? Because there are also people who don't know that healing is provided for in scripture. We also have that class of people. They don't know that actually healing was provided for in scripture. And so some of them are still asking God to be healed. But the Bible is very clear in 1 Peter 2.24 that he, his own self, bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead unto sins might live unto righteousness. And by his stripes ye were healed, not will be, not could be, not might be, according to the heavenly notation, it is clear that you were healed. God 
does not register you sick or ill in spite of the fact that you could have disease in your body. Heaven has provided for everything that you need to be healed. You were healed. Actually healed. God has healed you. You see? So it's also important for us to first go beyond that. Because people are saying, uh, you know, I'll be healed. They've put their healing in next week. They've put their healing in next year. They've put their healing in two years to come. You know, sometimes healing is gradual. It can take years and days and, you know, whichever way God chooses to do it. Now, uh -uh. The manifestation of healing could be gradual. The manifestation of healing could take hours or days. But healing in its own self as a virtue was given as a result of the new birth and the life that we have received in Christ Jesus when he took our place at the cross. Do we agree? Now, I'm dealing with believers who know that they were healed. They were healed. They know that it is given in scripture that they were healed. And they believe that they were healed. They confess that they were healed. But they do not know how to sustain their healing, one. Or they do not know how to fight through an attack on their body. See, they know they were healed. They believe they were healed. They are confessing through. But they do not know how to fight disease out of their body, or they do not know how to maintain their body healthy. And so I landed on a wonderful scripture that changed my life, not because I heard it and I read it, but because I got a vision of that portion of scripture. And today, I just want to go with you to that place so you will see it. As Paul says, that unto whom I'm least of all saints was given unto me this grace to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Our responsibility is to make you see, especially the apostolic. Somebody shout hallelujah. That your eyes will see, that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light if you will see this, if you will perceive it. You see? Anyway, in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, the 14th verse, very, very powerful scripture. The Bible says that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Very powerful. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity but a wounded spirit who can bear. So when you read that portion of scripture from the KJV rendering, if you are not given the full account of the interpretation from the Hebrew into your English, you might assume that God is simply saying that because you have a spirit eh, in you, therefore you will sustain all your infirmity. Oh, let me emphasize this. The word there, infirmity, is disease or sickness. The word there. So the Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. The word there for infirmity is disease or sickness. Nothing less, nothing more. Nothing less, nothing more. So we're talking about sickness here. This is the secret of not only overcoming disease and sickness, but also living above sickness and disease. He says the spirit of a man will sustain his sickness. It will fight his disease. See? But I said, if you have not connected this from the Hebrew translation, you might not be able to appreciate the point God is giving us here. 
Now, let's go to the Amplified because when I studied the Hebrew, the Amplified so closely defines that interpretation in its most perfect sense. In the Amplified version, the Bible says, the strong spirit. Did you hear that? The strong spirit of a man. He did not just say the spirit. So it's not just enough for you to have the spirit in you. It's important that that spirit in you is strengthened. It is fortified. It is edified. So he says that the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. That means it helps him overcome in bodily pain or trouble. But the Bible says, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? What are we saying? Even something as simple as a common flu can kill you if your spirit is weak because nobody can raise up or bear a broken or a weak spirit. There are people who are too sick in the body to be alive, but they are too strong in the spirit that they cannot die. And there are people who are so strong in the body, but they're too weak in the spirit that they can even die without sickness. Haven't you heard stories of, you know, he was healthy, that whole day he was carrying heavy loads, he was actually driving, we played with him football, the guy was strong, he had a muscle, when he shook your hand, you felt like he was breaking your fingers, and the guy went to sleep and never woke up. And then you have this little weak girl, small thing, she looks sickly, she's all weak, all bones and skin, eyes are all out because she has no enough flesh on her face, and the thing is living 10 years, 20 years, it's walking like that, 60, are you hearing me, 80, 90, 99, 100. She looks like that frail, but alive. Are you hearing me? And you ask yourself, but how come this one looks so weak? But they don't die. And then there's this fellow who is so strong and he's dead. Because it's not about the strength of your body. It's the strength of your spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's the strength of your spirit. Very, 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 very common scripture, but very deep. Very basic truths but are most important in these last days to remind the church because we are here because some of us either have long forgotten or many of us don't have this revelation clear. A Christian should not die a certain way and of certain diseases. That's the truth. So he says, if your spirit can be strengthened, it will sustain you in any trouble, any trouble. Any disease can be healed if you know how to build your spirit. That's what God is saying. Any illness can be destroyed. Any virus, any bacteria, any germ can leave your blood if you know how to build or fortify your spirit. And anything can kill you if you have a weak or broken spirit. Don't forget that. So yes, we can speak about corporate prayer, but what about empowering believers to build and strengthen their spirits? Especially when it comes, it just goes. It ain't touch you. Or if it should touch you, it won't have consequence. The same disease by which men are dying to gasp breath 
is the same disease going through some bodies in the world without any symptom. Any symptom. Same disease. There are people who don't have one symptom. And there's another who is dying right now. You're on a ventilator or on oxygen. They can't come out. Same thing. Are you hearing me? So it's important for us to know how to sustain our spirits. How to build our spirits. Because many people's spirits are weak. Or some people weaken their spirits. Some people break their spirits. And if the spirit is broken, like I said, nobody, nothing in this world can help you. Nothing. I have a very close relative of mine. When we had entered into the first phase of COVID, they started showing all these symptoms. Coughing and all these things. And uh, we did not know what it was or anything. And then we take them to the doctor. And this person who entered the room to check for one or two diseases, the doctor brings this report. It says, your lungs have a problem. Your heart has a problem. Your pancreas has a problem. Your liver has a problem. Your kidneys have a problem. And so this person said, you know, certain age, it's okay to die. It's okay. Um, see my children, my grandchildren, had my life, I'm satisfied. <laughs> I tell them, you know what? The problem is I'm not ready to let you go. That's the only problem. So I start dealing with this individual. In fact, at one time I called Pastor Zach. I was very busy. I said, you know, get some time also and go and pump into this person something. Pastor Zach also went and they pumped words into this guy. The next day, two days I think, he was going back to work. 100%. <laughs> and the body aligned. What happened with whatever the doctors said? Let them keep them. We know who keeps us. But it's just broke out and started working again and their life was back to normal. See? They could have died. There are usually majorly two things that break the spirit. And one of them is a contrary or perverse tongue. It is easy to be broken in the spirit when you have a perverse or a contrary tongue. In Proverbs 15 verses 4, if you will read the amplified version, it says that a gentle tongue with healing power, listen, it says a gentle tongue or a good tongue with its healing power. That means if a tongue is good, if a tongue knows how to speak good, if a tongue knows how to confess right, that tongue has healing power. The Bible says it's a tree of life. That's so deep. If you had to understand it from the context of what the tree of life was, because in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. One was of the knowledge of good and evil, and the other one was a tree of life. The Bible tells us that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. What is that which God refuses man to access after the fall? 
in the tree of life. He says if they eat of this, if they get the right tongue, if they get the right language, if they get the right confession, yet they are in the fallen nature. The Bible says they will live forever. Now, this is not about whether they are fallen or not. This is not about whether they have sinned or they have not. He's saying, if they get this thing and understand the wisdom and mystery of articulation in the spirit, if they can get the right language and align their tongue to the principles of the spirit, if they know how to speak right by revelation, it does not matter how fallen they are. These ones will live forever. So what did he do? He banished man out of the garden. Now this is not even about what you have done or what you have not. <laughs> this is about understanding this principle. He said man has become as one of us to know good and evil. Now, lest he should put forth his hand and take also of this tree of life and learn how to speak right. Are you hearing me? And eat and live forever. God said he will live forever. So what did God do? He sent them out of the garden of Eden. Say, go, go, go. Why? Because if I keep this one forever with a sinful nature, they will frustrate me forever. Even God would not kill them. Even God would not kill them if they had accessed the tree of life. That's how powerful this thing is. Now, the man of wisdom tells you that a wholesome tongue, a good tongue, a right confessing tongue is with healing power. That means if man had in a fallen nature gotten the curse of death and they had the tree of life, whatever pain would come, they would just know how to get it out with their tongue. Whatever pain would come, they would know how to get it out. And if they know how to get it out, even God can't change it. Because it's a tree of life. So the Bible says, it's a healing power. And it says, it's a tree of life. It says, but the willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. Or the KJV says, but the perversiveness therein is a breach in the spirit. So that means if you don't know how to confess right, you are killing your spirit. And if it is broken, nobody can heal you. Nobody can heal you. Nobody can heal you. Let me tell you. I've said this once and I'm going to repeat it so often. People just don't die. People just don't die. Study somebody. Study their life. You could easily judge. Oh, but this sister was praying. This brother was very prayerful. They were even fasting. They knew how to confess right. No. You don't know what their hearts were saying. You don't know the confessions and the meditations of their heart. Because you see, it's not just the physical tongue. But it's a, a tongue within the heart too. The human heart has a language. That's why the Bible says, do not say in your heart. See? Because you can say in your heart. Some people don't confess it, but their hearts say things. And they conceive the words of their heart. Even worse, they germinate them with the confession of their mouth. You see, if you do not know how to speak right, you're going to let every kind of sickness in your spirit. And once you make your spirit sick, it does not matter how healthy your body is. You're on your journey to death. It doesn't matter how holy you are. It doesn't matter how righteous you are. God does not break his principle. He's a God of principle. 
Bible calls him the God of knowledge. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody wakes up in the morning and says, Oh, I'm feeling so bad. What? You have said it. You have confessed your feeling in the air. And you know, the man of reason will ask, So what am I supposed to say? I'm feeling pain. What do you want me to say? <laughs> what? Well, leave that for people who don't know God. Because they don't have a language. But you have a language. The weak say, I'm strong. The poor say, the blind say, and the song says, because that's what the Lord has done. Not will do, not could do, not might do, not should do. They've not even put it in the future. No, it's already a past finished work. Do you know the power of waking up when you're not feeling well and you say, oh my God, I'm feeling well. Oh, I'm feeling well. You're not feeling well, but you just wake up and say, I am feeling well. I am feeling well. He said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. He didn't say that death has power. He did not say that life has power. He said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat of the fruit thereof. They shall eat of the fruit thereof because it's a seed for fruit. It's a seed for a certain fruit. Your confession is a seed for a certain fruit. Whatever you have confessed, you shall eat the fruit thereof. You shall eat the fruit thereof. This is so powerful. There's a rich man's story is given. And, you know, he boasted of his wealth or how rich he was and how great he was and how mighty he was. And then you remember the story of a man called Lazarus who was poor as well in the very story. And uh, this rich man, what? Died. And when the rich man dies, he goes in what? In the Hades. And when he goes in the Hades, the scriptures tell us that this man in burial, called out unto God. And he said, if it is possible, let them dip from water and just put a what? A finger in water and cool my tongue from tormented in this flame. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue from tormented in this flame. Now, what in hell is being burned? What in hell is being burned? What in hell is being judged? This is so deep. This is so, so deep. So the scriptures tell us that you can do anything in this world, but don't break your spirit through perverse confession. Find a way to say it. If you have to say it, find a way to say it. They brought me a person who was struggling with many things. Poverty, sickness, everything was in one home. And I sat down with this person for a few minutes and I could tell why everything was in that home. Do you know people who just don't confess right? They just don't confess right. Oh, I don't know how we shall pay for this electricity. Shall somebody eat in this government? Huh? Will anybody have food? 
in this government. Poverty is everywhere. Poverty is here. Poverty is there. Poverty is... Oh, I think some of us are even going to die before COVID ends. Somebody says... You, you understand? Somebody makes that kind of confession. And they expect to leave. How? You will die and we shall bury you with so much love. Somebody shout hallelujah. They confess about the economy. They confess about the stock exchange market, even when they have no activity there. They confess about the budget. They confess about the government. They confess about the police. They confess about the army. They confess about their sisters. They confess about their brothers. Everything for them, even the car they sit into has a problem. The mobile phone they have has a problem. Their hair has a problem. Their face has a problem. This nose. Some of you are not even ugly because you are ugly, but you are ugly because you have killed your beauty through confession. Look at this nose. And then somebody goes in the mirror. No, honestly, look. Or some of you don't even say it with your mouth, but you say it in your heart. You go before a mirror and then you look at yourself and then you start. Oh. Who will marry me? Boom. Your heart has said it. And then you put up your hands. Year of divine manifestation of power. Father, by fire, by force, come rain, come sunshine, mountain and moon, come up. Man, come. The guy comes and then he observes something else. And then he walks away. Your tongue, your mouth, your heart, they're speaking something that is so perverse. So it is with disease. People just don't die. You just don't know what their hearts are saying. You just don't know what their mouths are saying. People just don't die. Especially when you're born again. Especially when you're born again. If somebody watches it and they confess it, that's all right. They're under-answered prayer. If somebody says, I want to die and they die. Actually, God has had their prayer. So that's not this. We should not even talk about that. That's answered prayer. Somebody shout hallelujah. The power of answered prayer. That's in the realm of the power of answered prayer. But you cannot be perverse. That is why when we talk about the New Testament, the experience of speaking in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, it's more than just speaking in tongues. It's more than just, you know, let us pray in tongues. Uh -uh. The Bible says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. He edifieth himself. So how can you say, oh, we don't believe in tongues. It's okay if you don't believe in tongues. No, 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 no. God has told you that if you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if you know how to speak in tongues, it's not for the church, it's for you. Are you hearing me? And then the scriptures come into your spirit. The Bible says that you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless your brain and water. And he shall take sickness from the midst of thee. He says you shall not cast off your young ones. And he says none among you shall be barren. He says that you shall be fulfilled in your land. He says and the numbers of your days I shall fulfill. That one, that one, that one. You, you get that one. It doesn't matter what virus. It doesn't matter what disease. It doesn't matter what name it has. It doesn't matter what name it has. When it hardens, you harden. Hey. Hey. 
When it brings it, you bring it. When it becomes hot, you become hotter. When it tempts, you become more tempter. Somebody shout hallelujah. When it frustrates, you frustrate it the more. He gets to know that with this one, you're wasting time. You touch your belly and say, I'm healthy. I'm strong. COVID cannot come near me. Mapori dele bajera kata. Zobori la de. Couple of weeks ago, I met this person. I shook their hand. Hi, how are you? And then, next day, I told, oh, this person is down. And then the devil started speaking. <laughs> you shook hands of a person who is down this day. And I heard the Holy Spirit in the most sweetest sense say, you know what to do. Oh my God. I sanitized myself. A thousand shall fall at one side. Ten thousand on the other. But none of those things shall come nigh me. I have the life of God in me. And as I started praying and praying and praying and praying, there's a light that came on and says, it's okay. I just went on my business. But just break it at that point and start speaking in your heart. I have a person recently as well, very close to me. They started coughing and all the symptoms, but they said, why go for it? So they know the words. I asked them, so you think you're sick? And this person says, no, 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 I cannot be sick. I can't be sick. And just that little confession, the symptom ceased. Just that little confession. That little confession. Now I know the world can't believe this. They can't take it, but that's their problem. They have their books. We have ours too. Are you hearing me? But when the person says, I don't think, I can, the moment they put it in their mouth, the symptoms started to go. They started to go. Because their mouth refused it. I wanted them to confess right. That's what I wanted because that started to go off tandem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God will keep you. I say God will keep you. Somebody shout hallelujah. The second thing is anxiety. Probably that people who know how to confess right, but they are anxious continuously. In the New Testament, it calls it being too careful for nothing. It says, be careful for nothing. Do not be anxious about anything. Some people are so anxious. Did you know that anybody suffering from depression, any form of depression, minor or major, extreme, psychotic, any form from that whole spectrum of depression is actually suffering from a spirit of anxiety? Because if you do not connect or relate with the spirit of anxiety, you cannot have depression. It's not possible. Send this message to anybody who is dealing with depression. It's not possible. Let me show it to you. Proverbs 12 verses 25. Give me the amplified version. It says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. Now the KJV calls it, stoops it. It stoops it. Heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop. Now, the Hebrew word there for stoop is depressed. So you see the cause of depression? 
Do you see the cause of depression? Anxiety. When a man is anxious, heaviness of a heart, oh, I'm worried, oh, this could happen, or that can happen. Do you know there are people, and some people don't know, but anxiety is as a result of hearing more of the devil's words than God's. It's very simple. That's anxiety. When your ears are open and inclined more to what the devil or demons are saying than God is, that's anxiety. And he says, that is what causes depression. In fact, in the new KJV, the Bible says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. It says it very clearly, the new KJV version. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. It causes depression. Stoops the heart. Very powerful. Some people are anxious. They're worried about everything. And some people don't separate that what they're worried over, the things that come to their head, have no consequence until they can conceive them. Until they can conceive them. They have no consequence until they allow them to enter their heart. When Satan says you're going to die, it has no consequence. Remember those old days when I was sickly? Again, I remember that story once. Do you know walking somewhere, the devil tells you, you know, look well, because you might never see this again. In fact, you will never see this again. See it with both eyes. But thank God I understood the message. <laughs> and that is why I would answer. I will come back here. But do you know how many people, the moment Satan speaks, bah, they say, Hey, look, at it for the last time. Nothing can save that man. He will die. Unless by God's grace is under a certain cloud of an anointed person. Because clouds too preserve. Do you know the children of Israel, when they had crossed from Egypt, and then they were walking. Do you realize that the cloud was above them, the fire by the night? And the scripture is clear. The enemies attacked them from behind. The Amalek attacked them, but they could not kill any man within the cloud. So anybody that stayed a bit behind in that journey, outside that cloud, they were killed, covering. You just can't die under certain anointings. Dorcas died under a certain anointing. She just woke up and died. We don't know what her confession was, but she died. But she died under the right people who needed more clothes. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, listen. So he says anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. It weighs it down. But you see, how do you deal with anxiety? Listen to the right words. That's why the next line says, but an encouraging word makes it glad. Why? Because anxiety is as a result of listening to the devil. You're going to die. You're going to fail. There's nothing good to you. You're not beautiful. You're not worth it. You're short. You're dark. You're poor. You're weak. You're not favored. There's nothing good with you. You're not going anywhere. Who will favor you? How will you make it? And sometimes the shocker is this, that you can find a depressed person and then you enter their mind and hear what they're saying. You tell them, but what's really depressing you? you say, also, I don't feel beautiful. And you look at the person. <laughs> and then in your head, you know someone who is a bit this side. 
but they are confident of their beauty. And you're like, look at this person going to die over nothing. Have you been there? You find a very confident person, but the way they look, and somehow it works for them. And then you see this, I don't feel I'm beautiful. Some of them, when they have money, they inject things in their lips to make them bigger, inject things in their, you understand, anti-scars, wrinkle cream, what? You understand? It's even worse in some nations. They enlarge, they enlarge, they enlarge. Everything is enlarged, you understand? And you can't change them because for them, they want to be a certain way. That's a demon. That's spiritual. By the time they are done, they look like dolls. Somebody shout, Fire! No man who has learned to answer the devil can be anxious. No man who has learned to answer the devil can be anxious. And if they cannot be anxious, they can't be depressed. Just teach them how to answer the devil. Just teach them how to answer the devil. You're fake. No devil. I'm not fake. The Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a good word. If you cannot encourage yourself, look for one of my sermons and put it in. That's why some of you, even in your worst state, the moment you switch it on, pah, you enter, it's sad. By the time you're out, nothing is disturbing you until the next drug comes. Are you hearing me? Because this thing is like a drug. It's addictive. Once you get into it, you can't stop. The Lord showed me, I was praying, and the Lord gave me a vision of people. There are certain people, they oppose you, they speak negative about you, they don't believe in your message, they can't even shake your hands or greet you. But when they fall sick, they look for my summons. So one time I was praying, and I saw this fellow in a vision, and he was not feeling well. And he opposes me. And the Lord showed me in a vision. And this guy was on YouTube looking for one of my summons. Fanero healing. I said, oh. And so the Lord told me, leave him there. You understand? They consume you like a drug. They don't believe in you. They, no, no, I don't believe in them. I doubt them. But when they are sick, they don't even come to your church. They can't step in your church. But when they are sick, boy, they look for your summons. Repent. Because you need this message. Otherwise, you'll die for nothing and we'll lose you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Proverbs 17 verses 22 says, A happy heart is good medicine. Somebody shout hallelujah. A happy heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. You see how you fall sick? A broken spirit dries the bones, but a merry heart doeth good like medicine. That means when you keep your heart happy, I'm not talking about carnal happiness. You know some people say, let me be happy. And then they go on TV and watch a good movie. <laughs> oh, my heart is happy. No, I'm not talking about the kind of joy the world can give you. I'm talking about the kind of joy only God can give you. Somebody shout hallelujah. You read the word and start feeling excited. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, you listen to a good word, a good word. An American friend used to call it, man, apostle, you have a good word. You understand? You got a good word, apostle. You got a good word. So when you listen to a good word, <laughs> somebody shout hallelujah. Your body starts to heal. You start feeling like you're receiving life in there. Are you hearing me? What was shaking you stops to shake you. That's called spiritual warfare. It's the only way disease can leave our nation. It's the only way disease can leave our family. Right now, I'm fighting demons. Right now, we're in spiritual warfare. Some things are living. Why? Because I'm taking out of your spirit what the devil had put there. I'm removing foolishness and deception out of your spirit. And I'm putting life because some people don't know. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. It doesn't matter what thoughts 
has thrown at you. It doesn't matter what is found in your blood. It doesn't matter what is found in your body. It doesn't matter who you're relating with or what. It matters what you allow to enter your spirit. One time I was in my place of fellowship with the Holy Ghost. And he showed me something in Psalms concerning the prayer of the godly. Any man which is godly in Christ, because the Bible is very clear that godliness is of much gain. It's of much gain. To be godly is of gain. So he showed me the prayer of the godly. In Psalms 32, verses 6, I'm going to give it from the Amplified Version. He says, for this forgiveness, now he's talking about the mercy and grace and forgiveness God has given us. Now that we know that we are forgiven, now that we know that his grace and mercy is on us and upon us all. He says, for this forgiveness, let everyone who is godly pray. Listen, let everyone who is godly pray. This is the prayer. Let them pray to you in a time when you may be found. So this is the prayer for the godly. He says, surely when the great waters of trail of trial overflow when the great waters of trial overflow the bible says they shall not reach the spirit in him that's a prayer you should make that god regardless of whatever disease is moving in the world let it not reach my spirit let it be far from my spirit it's okay even if they find it in your body but let it not touch your spirit it's okay if it goes into your soul but the prayer of any godly man is that no disease will enter their spirit that's a prayer of any man godly that if waters come and overflow you of trouble, of sickness, of weakness, of travail, of trial, whatever comes, pray to God that it gets not to your spirit. Let it not be conceived in your spirit. So when I pray, as I pray, I say, Father, I thank you. Because none of those things shall come near me. But when I'm saying near, I'm not just talking about my body. Body is secondary. Spirit is primary. Because it doesn't matter what gets in the body. If it's not into the spirit, it can be fixed. The Bible says it's not what comes out from a man entering him defileth him, but that which is within him. Oh, that's very powerful. Nothing from without. He said nothing from without. No virus. Nothing from without entering into a man can be. Nothing from without entering into. Nothing from without entering into a man can defile him. But the things which come out of him are they that defile him. What your spirit conceives is what defiles you. So he tells us here that the prayer of any man godly is that whatever comes to test you shall not reach the spirit in you. And now, in verse 7, if you read from the Hebrew, when the man makes that prayer, the confession of his spirit start coming through. And this was the confession. He says, ye are a hiding place for me. This is his spirit confessing. Ye, O Lord, preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Now, when you say you surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance, once you say that God has surrounded you with that, how can you not sing? How can you not sing? 
So you find yourself being from Rabadele, Kosha Rabadele. Father, I thank you because you preserved me from trouble. I thank you because you're my hiding place and you are filling me with shouts of songs and deliverance. Shouts, shouts. Oh, I'm free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I cannot fall sick. Glory to God. That's a shout of deliverance. I'm more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens me. And your neighbor starts saying, why is that woman screaming? Listen. If you're serious about your life, you will shout, woman. If you're serious about your life, sir, you will shout, mister. My friend, the devil can come one day and he just wants to take you. And sometimes you just have to come out of your comfort zones and run a bit crazy and say, hey, I cannot die. That's a shout of deliverance. Somebody shout hallelujah. And a song of deliverance comes out of your lips. Ah, glory to God. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Then you see it. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, I have provided. Sickness is no more because when I needed healing his hand provided it when I needed joy his hand provided it when I needed peace when peace like a reed a tear my way when sorrow like sea billows roar from my Lord thou hast taught me
change the word of God let God be true and every man a liar oh I choose to be crazy I choose to be crazy somebody shout amen you're healed you're free your family is preserved your body is preserved your life is preserved you will leave until the day you're tired I declare and I declare that no man at the sound of my voice is going to die of whatever they have said is in your body. I speak healing. 
I speak healing. Play this sermon over and over until your spirit understands it. It shall be well with you. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I close this broadcast. You just repeat these words after me. You say, Father, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Tonight, you say, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.